You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Go Gohei gets a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. Well, I got to tell you, folks, we've got a very interesting show here today on A's Cast Live as we're doing something that we have never done before, and I think you're absolutely going to love it. There you see Johnny Dosko on the field as the A's are getting ready for batting practice behind him. I'm in San Francisco today. I'll be back tomorrow on the field, but we're in San Francisco today as I'll be hosting A's pre and post game live with the great Bip Roberts. That'll be coming up later today. But of course, business as usual, A's cast live. We got you absolutely covered with everything that's going to be going on with the A's and the red hot Texas Rangers. Donnie Ecker, the kid from Los Altos. He's now a, not only a hitting coach, but an offensive coordinator for the Rangers going to join us at 4.30. J.J. Blade, his start, unbelievable. Uh, he's going to be one of the things we start talking about today. Our buddy C.J. Nikowski, who does color TV for the Texas Rangers. You also see him on Sirius, or you also hear him on Sirius XM, will be joining us. And then George Contos here in the studios of NBC to talk a little pitching Giants are going to be taking on – who are they taking on? They, they, oh, they're the against snakes. the D-backs. The yeah. Snakes. They're yep. going to be taking on our guy, Tori Lovello, and the D-backs who are coming to town uh, after this. Can't wait to talk to Tori. We haven't talked to him in a while, but we'll talk to him when the Athletics are taking on the Snakes when they come to town after the Texas Rangers. J.D., welcome back home. How was your roadie? Thanks, Townie. Yeah, you know, it started off uh, well. with the, I mean, look, the A's won the first two games of that series. It thought they made a chance of the sweep and then went into New York and the Yankees took it took it to us but uh yeah lost four out of six and uh, so disappointing end of that trip where you thought hey we might have something here well, especially thought maybe going into that third game you might get a sweep I ate some good food so uh yeah no it was uh it was uh, a decent road trip for sure yeah we will have to as you know as someone in the restaurant business always curious about the adventures of what you do on the road and food, a big passion of my life. And you went to two of the best, best, best places you can go for food, Kansas City, New York, you got everything, Kansas City. You know, it, it's like when you try to explain to people like barbecue, this isn't a hobby for them, yeah. right? They're just not busting out a Traeger and a green egg and this is what they like to do on Sundays. This is what these people do. It's in their blood. It is, no question. You know, I will say this, though, the way the trip was kind of, 
uh, on the schedule, the way it was kind of designed is, you know, you have the night game, night game, day game, and I wanted to get to Yankee Stadium early. So for, as far as those three games are concerned, I kind of ate at the ballpark because I wanted to just soak it all in. I went to the monument. I went, just walked around that stadium. I got a soaked in Yankee Stadium. I know it's the new stadium, not the old stadium. I did go to the old stadium before. It's uh, a stadium, it's, Johnny. It's, Come on. It's, it's a stadium. Yankee you stadium. see the monuments. They yeah. got a bunch of jerks in the stands. Hey. Yankee Stadium, old, new. I, it hasn't changed. I'm not saying that I was uh, – you know, worship me. I'm just saying I wanted to feel the energy. I wanted to go in, feel the, all these new stadiums. Rob, in minus 30 years, I'm going to enjoy these major league stadiums, Downey. You know, I'm gonna... you got all these guys walking around. Hey, where's my Jeter? Huh? It's now Volpe. <laughs> they... hey, yeah, that's my guy, the captain. <laughs> Did you get booted all at Yankee Stadium? No. Oh, wow. You, 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 once you get booted at Yankee Stadium, you've made it. I, I, I haven't been there, but. No. But give me time. Give me time. People, I will The only be. people they're booing at Yankee Stadium are the Yankees. <laughs> right? That's Aaron Hicks. Yeah, Aaron Hicks got booed. Then he hit the home run, but yeah. <laughs> Right? Wasn't no, he getting booed during the home run? Well, Josh Donaldson, I, I, I saw Josh Donaldson there, a nice visit with him. He, he's rehabbing, and uh, he's not rehabbing yet, but he's, he was taking some taking some swings, and he's going to start his rehab assignment pretty soon, so great to catch up with J.D. Uh, and, look, he's been booed a lot at Yankee Stadium. It's part of it. Goes to the territory there. So, But Volpe at the Grand Slam. Volpe's been struggling, but he's not getting booed because, you know, they're going to be patient with him. But, it's uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting to say the least. Aaron Judge came back. He had a ball. He had a, a pitch that looked like it could have been a. It was a borderline pitch. They called it a. They called it a strike. He was not pleased. He called timeout, and then of course the other borderline pitches went his way. Uh, but it was, <laughs> it was an interesting, uh, interesting. Funny how that for works sure. at yeah. Yankee right, Stadium, right? <laughs> and then Noda, Noda gets called out on. You know, he gets those borderline. He's, he's a rookie. He's not going to get those calls, right? I mean, it's just it's part of part, well, part of the deal. I mean, you know, th- th- that always takes me back to. I mean, what you just said. Well, he's a rookie. He's not going to get those calls. Yeah. Well, yeah, then that's called a rigged card game. If certain people get calls and other people don't, that's called a rigged card game. But do you, Like either a strike yeah. is a strike, a ball is a ball. shouldn't uh, matter who you are. So do you, you want, should call the game as you see it. Are you a proponent of ABS then? Are you a proponent of oh, automatic oh, strikes? Of course, you want that? Okay. I've gone think... round. I mean, I went round and round Shooty Babbitt with this. Yeah. Shooty's like, well, they're the Yankees. I go, well, What? It shouldn't matter what team you are. Yeah. A strike should be a strike. A ball should be a ball. That's how competition works. If you start calling games like saying, well, I mean, hey, it's it's the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not going to call a personal foul on them. I'm not going to call holding on them. Like when you do it with other sports, people go, of course, that's ridiculous. But somehow in baseball, we think it's okay to change the rules for different teams and different uniforms. No, Wait, I, isn't I, that Rick? I hear you on that. I will say this, though, that that ABS is not perfect, man. I saw – I always talk about that. Sean Jelly – uh, he throws all the all the sinkers. He threw a ball that was literally almost hit the dirt, and it was called strike. He was even laughing. It was called a strike. He was laughing about. It. He's like, "That's a strike." But we looked at it, and we, the umpire showed us after the game, and it did hit that little corner. So that's not a perfect system either. That ABS is not perfect either. There'll be some complaints if that comes out. I guarantee it. It's not perfect. I remember they said we're going to complain about all these new rules. How's that going? Yeah, not too much complaining anymore. Not too much complaint. It's been good. You know, one thing that I think is the, the, the story here, because normally all the national stuff that's been going on about the A's, and, you know, we get these notes every single day, J.D., and everything's been negative, negative, negative. Really, for the first time today, baseball is waking up, and I know we know what's going on. I hope A's fans know what's going on. We're starting to see some bright lights, and I know it's tough to say, and I'm not trying to be a homer here and say, hey, where this team is, you look at the record, and you're going to look at 8-30, and, and you're going to be like, okay, wait a minute, what are you trying to sell? 
we told you, going to be a tough season, yep. but we're looking for what the future is. And here the lineup is set again today, which is fabulous, fabulous to see. Ruiz leading off, Noda hitting second, Rooker hitting third, Blade hitting fourth, Blade obviously going to join us today, and Langoliers hitting fifth. Guys, this is what we want to see. We want to see young players, and they're even recognizing the young players in the MLB notes today about, hey, look out in Oakland. We got guys. You got Ruiz just had this hitting streak. Notice the best guy when you look at highest walk rate in baseball right now, 22%. Noda has the best eye in all of baseball. He's sporting an 885 OPS. That's at an all-star level. We've already been talking about how good Rooker is. Now Blade has come up, and Blade is balling right now. I mean, the young guys are starting to get a little love. They're starting to see it around baseball. They are. I think the only person that was more excited about uh Blade, I mean, besides his family, the person that was most excited about Blade being called up was Towney. Remember, Towney was calling for Blade being called up every single day. Let's get Blade up. Let's get Blade up. And Blade is up, and Blade is thriving, and it's it's great to see him. And this guy is a player. We saw you saw him the inside. You fell in love with him on the inside the park home run. You're saying, okay, yeah. that, that's a guy, right? He's big and he can run. He can move. He can hit. Uh, yeah. And that, how about that? Look, can we talk about that play? The the leaping grab at the uh, at the wall. When, when, yeah. when the, the fan interfered it, the fan interfered with it, and I want, I want to delve into that at some point. But look, the top four of this uh, of this uh, lineup right now with Ruiz, who's so exciting, and Noda, of course, on base ten out of the first eleven plate appearances of this road trip. Rooker is all over MLB MLB Network. He crushed it, by the way, on there talking with uh, Mark DeRosa. He did such a good job on that on that show. Dissecting. Did you go his own over swing. there with him? You should have. No. You should have gone over there with him and got some airtime. Nah, nah, nah. That, that was, that was, nah. What do you mean? There was a big piece about Uni Athletic. You guys just talked about no. yourselves all day on it's there. It's about Rooker, right? Hey, Rooker. <laughs> it's about Rooker right now. Rooker was, he's just, uh, he, the way he was dissecting his swing when he was in the SEC and the way he's dissecting his swing now, uh, incredible. And then, of course, uh, Blade. So, top four, pretty exciting stuff. Ruiz had his hitting streak snapped yesterday, but there's some exciting things going on with this young team for sure. So, Cody, it's Johnny going, you know what? Enough talking about me. I'll let you talk about me now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I started reading the article yesterday. The, uh, Ray Jensen wanted to read it. I mean, you're – I mean – in New York, you're still getting talked about here. I mean, he said they should have had you interviewing Rooker on MLB Network. All right, that's plenty. What else you got, Tony? <laughs> no, hey, hey, it's pretty cool. You get that article about you. You spend a lot of time, as we have all said. Uh, we're so, you know, I, I know for you, you want to move on, and but it's still pretty cool. I mean, enjoy it because next year you're just going to be a regular old baseball <laughs> schmuck like us. Yeah, I appreciate it. It was uh, the guy who interviewed me, Dan Brown, obviously a brilliant writer. And I like the fact the part that was taken out of the article about my nose, bro, is classic. So the first thing about my nose, he said, you know, the first thing you notice about Dosco is his nose. It's also the second and third thing you notice, which I think is classic. But then he said, uh, he goes, he would win and he would win a sneeze off with an elephant, which I love. He, they took it out because they thought it was too mean. I'm like, put that in, man. Bury me. Put it in. Let's do it. And they, they took it out, unfortunately. But it's got some good, pretty good Cody, stuff. Cody, I thought, and I thought what he said about Ace casting you, Cody, and talking about working with us, I thought that was Easy. Uh, so kind and generous that he included us in the article, you know, because everybody's got to kiss Ken and Vince's butt. But the, the fact that he mentioned you, Cody, and working with you, because, you know, when he's got issues and he's got troubles, he, and he needs help, he, he, he texts Ken Korak, right? Not you, Cody. When he needs help with stuff, he, he texts Korak, not I feel, you. I feel like we've been down this road once before with another broadcaster of ours <laughs> who's who's done this. I won't mention his name, but uh, he's down in Stockton. 
Yeah, yeah. Rams, oh, yeah, Rams with Malik, Malik Renson. Yeah, the the future Mister the, yeah. fu- the future O'Brien. That's right. Yeah, because when when stuff hits the fan, you you know you text Vince, you text Ken. They don't. They never. They never ask us for help. I Have text. You ever that? I text one person. That's right, right here, and you. Yeah. But, no. but getting get, getting back to Noda on all yeah. on, on all seriousness here. Uh, last seven games, three thirty three average. Yeah. A 1,238 OPS, and his on-base percentage is 571. It's insane. So more than half the time he's getting on base. Yeah. And I know we joke around all the time about Moneyball. Peter Brand, what does he do? He gets on, he gets base. on base. When I point he at you, on, yes. I mean, when I point at you. It's like, it, I, I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm, I'm manufacturing something, but when you start having these type of numbers, these are all-star-like numbers and that's why it goes back to the beginning of the year when I'm writing into my scorebook, Tony Kemp leading off, Letmus Diaz hitting third, Aguilar playing first base, and I'm ripping my hair out going, are we in a rebuild or not? Now you see what we're talking about. Playing the young players, it's not like they're sacrificial lambs. They learn how to play, and then Johnny, they learn how to win together. That's it, right? And and that you know, listen. And they're frustrated. Obviously, they don't. They they hate coming back into that clubhouse with with loss after loss. I mean, they, they want to get some wins together, and they want this thing to happen. With Noda, I just love watching him and watching him spit on those changeups that are this far out. He just has such a good feel for the zone. And sometimes you see when he gets called on a pitch this far out, and he looks back, he's like, look, I know the zone. Why are you ringing me up on a pitch that I know is a ball? He, that guy has such a good feel for the zone here and and. And in and out, like it's it's incredible. It's he really has a remarkable talent for that, and and he doesn't even know the league yet. Think when he starts to learn the league and learn the pitchers a little bit more. He's just a rookie, so I, good things to come for this guy for sure. Cody, give us the news of the day. Who's starting today? Who got called up? And who's going on the IL? And who was sent down? All right, so we the A's have recalled Luis Medina and selected right-hander Zach Neal, which ironically made his major league de- debut for the A's seven years ago on this date. Yeah. So seven years later, Zach Neal back in the major leagues. Luis Medina is going to start. Out of? USC. Thank you. You told me that earlier, so thank you for giving me that knowledge. Yeah. But uh, Great Louis, Trojan. Luis Medina is going to start tonight. Mason Miller was placed on the 15-day injured list retroactive to May 8th, so two days ago with right for, with a tightness in his right forearm, and Rico Garcia was optioned to AAA. And the clear spot on the 40-man roster for Neal, the ace transferred Manny Pena to the 60-day injured list. Oof. Well, we – that kind of settles that whole uh, three conversation debate. we had, J.D., about yeah, three catchers. Exactly. That kind of tells us what – yeah, we thought Carlos Perez is going to be good. He's He's been great. And yeah. you guys talked about it on TV yesterday, and I know uh, Ken Korak mentioned it too on one of the highlights. I mean, Perez, all he does is hit. He does. He just hits. He hits the ball the other way. You know, uh, he hits it all over the field. He just got such a good feel out there and, and good clubhouse guy. So, yeah, he's been he's been wonderful. There's no question about it. I just – this team can just continue to just uh, – I don't know, man. It's just it's frustrating because the losses are mounting up and, and you want this team to just uh, – they do believe in themselves. They just need, need something. They need to get like a 7 out of 10 or a 15 out of 22 and they need to start rolling. And it's just – it's been frustrating for sure. No question about it. I got to tell you, when I looked at Medina's start against the Angels, it's like I just remember him throwing the ball better. You know, it's been a while – the five innings, eight runs, eight hits, six strikeouts. You look at the numbers now, 0-1 with a 12.60 ERA. I just I just 
I, I know he got hit a little bit. I, I know those numbers don't look great. I just down in Anaheim. I don't. Were you on that trip? I wasn't. Uh, nope. I just, I just, I just remember watching it, going, "Man, I thought it was a little better than that." Because there's no question, Medina's arm is electric. No question. I mean, this is this is no effortless. Doubt. As we were just talking, Mason Miller throwing a hundo. This kid is effortless throwing a hundred. I mean, a lot is. This will be interesting to see because what I hate is. You bring up a young guy, you allow him to go one time. You know what's happened that one time. He's so jacked up. I mean, his heart rate, he's going a million miles an hour. You want to see a kid like this with an arm like this, get a couple starts where he starts to get a little comfortable, and then let's see it fly. So if he throws strikes today, I I mean, you got to be excited. I mean, this is the last part of the Yankee trade, and you're like, okay, let's see what he's got because we know – Triple digits is there. It's just an electric young arm. And I like the fact, Townie, that after that start against the Angels that he was not happy. I like the fact he wasn't happy to get to the big leagues. Oh, I got there and everything. He was mad. He was mad. He wanted to do better. Like, he was just like, I know I'm better than that. I know I can do better. And so you did see flashes of brilliance with the stuff. I mean, the stuff's going to play. Question is command, and I think that's just hopefully in time he'll get it. But you're right, Townie. It's, it's an electric arm that – Everybody's pretty excited to see once he gets it rolling because he can he can bring it there, 99, 100, 101, and if he gets he gets command. He got this too. Uh, he's got a pretty good future. Can you imagine if he works out, and let's say two years from now, because everything is about what are we going to see in the next couple of years? I mean, what a trade that will be. Yeah. With the New York Yankees, if basically, hopefully. I don't know where the world's going. Are we going to be six-man staffs? I don't know. But if it is a five-man staff, three out of the five are from that one trade. When you're talking Waldachuk and Sears, boy, that, that'll be, you know, front offices, you hit on some, you lose on some. That'll be one you hit on big time. And, and I want to say this, because, look, I interviewed Ken the other day for radio, uh, and Waldachuk, you know, for a guy, he walked six in that start, right? It was it was not ideal, but he battled through. And I like the fact, and you and I talk about this, I love the fact that Kotze, he was well over 100 pitches. And Kotze said, you know, he came in, he said, how do you feel? And Waldschuk said, I feel great. And I love the fact that Kotze had him go back out there. He ended up 115 pitches. He was fine. And he did a great job. And he, he found a way to win that game. He scrapped and clawed for that win. And I, I, I love that. His line was a pretty no, but he got the win. Starting pitcher get a win, which has been rare for the A's, and I just I love that. I love that Kotze had him go back out there because he was feeling good. I love the fact he was 115 pitches. I love the fact that he got that win despite walking six. Wait a minute. You said he went how many? I, I, Cody, I thought you said he was rushed to the emergency room in New York because he had 114 pitches. Is that that's that is that misinformation? Is that not true? We uh, actually had a pitcher go 114 and he lived to tell about it? I don't remember seeing a wheelchair come out like they had for Anthony Davis last night in the Lakers-Warriors game, but uh, yeah, I mean, 115 and, I mean, we don't let pitches go that high. I'm surprised. I mean, I saw Waterchuck here today, so he's here. It's confirmed. He's at the he's ballpark. There. He's here. I saw him. 115 pitches. I love it. And uh, he's walking and he's okay? Yep. Yeah, he looks like he's in a good mood. I think he's starting tomorrow, right? Tomorrow he's pitching for so, us? He's still going to pitch this year? Yeah, uh, let's see. Waldachuk is pitching tomorrow, yeah, most, versus Martin Perez. Is that the first dodge bullet of the season? Well, after how many guys we've seen go have Tommy John already, and it's on, it's May 11th. Oh, my God. I said, Who did I send you today? For Ty- Tyler Malley from the Twins. Malley. I mean, it's like you can't keep track. I saw it today. I'm like, we can't keep track. By the way, um, we are, J.D., about accountability on this show. 
that we love big opinions. We are about entertainment. We're about big opinions. We talk A's. We talk Major League Baseball. Yeah. I love it how so many of our fans, like lately, some of the fans that have called into the clubhouse show have just said, hey, want to thank you guys for what you guys do because, you know, no one else really talks baseball, and you guys talk baseball. I mean, we just we just don't talk A's. We talk everybody, right? George Contos, who's going to be doing Giants pre- and post-game live uh, a little bit later, is going to join us here in San Francisco to talk pitching. We'll throw some Giants questions at him. But, I mean, that's what we do. We cover everybody, just not the A's. We cover everybody. But we like to think that when we make big, bold opinions, we got to be accountable for it. And if we're wrong, we need to apologize. So, Cody, uh, I think the floor is now yours that you need to apologize to the Golden State Warriors as you had them being not – first of all, you had them (laughs) – not lighting the beam. You had them losing to the Sacramento Kings where you were dramatically wrong on that. What happened I keep there? looking in the sky. A I don't lot. see any beams yeah. anymore. And then you had the you, you, you had them losing and this series being all over. And thank God that they won. That allows me to be out at the ballpark tomorrow. I mean, the floor is yours if you'd like to uh, apologize to the Golden State Warriors nation for a another bad opinion. Uh, Dub Nation is what I believe was what we're called. We so-called Dub Nation. Uh, you still call it Dub uh, Nation? Yeah, yeah. By the way, I I was actually rooting for the Warriors last night because I wanted us to be here at the ballpark. Uh, so I was rooting for the Warriors, uh, not quietly, pretty loudly. My wife was like, "Wait, what are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm rooting for the Warriors tonight. Sixers play games. Sixers have a chance to go to the Eastern Finals tonight. So that's what I'm waiting for." But yeah, I'm sorry. I I was wrong. I mean. We'll see them in game five, game six tomorrow in L.A. Warriors haven't won a road game in this series yet. Just stating facts. They did win, you know, multiple in this King series. But they looked good last night. Steph looked good. I mean, they had a nice day. um, Contributions from Andrew Wiggins. Kevon Looney, I knew he didn't score, but he looked, Draymond Green was scoring. So now he's, Draymond now, Green was aggressive, and that's he, what the Warriors hey, needed. See what he's doing? You see what he's doing? Trying to come around with the Warrior fans? Yeah, yeah I'm with you guys. Uh, by, the way, you the, guy. I, by the way, the grounds crew hates me because I said the Kings are going to win. They're all like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, done, with the, I'm done with basketball. It's, when's it fo- it's football season here? There yet? we go. Uh, are, are you finally ready to admit that LeBron is a flawed player? Whoa, whoa, wow. <laughs> wow. I thought he it was loves, offensively flawed. big takes. <laughs> That's not ours. It's it's a former coworker of ours that threw that out there. Former colleague, wow. LeBron is a flawed offensive that player. Even though he scored the most points in the history of the yeah. league, he's and now playoffs. scored more buckets in the playoffs <laughs> than anybody else. A but he's a, according to this expert, he is a flawed offensive player. Very interesting take. Very interesting. Take. So you don't think LeBron's flawed? I think he's had a pretty good run. He's had a nice little run. He's only yeah. been in the league for like twenty years. He's been yeah. the, he started in the league when I was in ninth grade, and now I'm thirty four. 68270 freight train yeah. pretty much does it all. I still think Michael Jordan's the greatest ever though. I, I, I give Jordan the greatest of all time to me. That's just me. Well, Johnny thought wait, that's wait. that's a I don't I'm, uh, that's lukewarm now. You don't whoa, think uh, whoa, you, whoa, whoa, where where you're not even going to put Kareem in the conversation? Kareem's in the conversation. I think Michael Jordan's the goat though. I, to me. I, I think he's the greatest. Oh, of all shots time. fired Bill Russell. Yeah. I mean I don't know, just, Kareem how, 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 didn't Kareem win championships and sure MVPs? He won a couple, that? yeah. Kareem was a phenomenal top five player for sure. There's no question. But but I just I, I that's just my opinion. You said opinions on this show, right? Big opinions. Yeah, yeah, yeah I big hear opinions. you. I hear you. Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time. Yeah. All right. I have a list that is going to blow your guys' mind. I want everybody right now to pay attention to these two guys' faces on the field in San Francisco. I found this Oakland. list earlier today, and I believe everything I read on Twitter. 
You know how, I don't know, J.D., you know, we go to the winter meetings when we're not in COVID. We go to the winter meetings. And every single time someone signed, their team, their franchise wins the winter meetings. I have this list right here in my hand that it's just mind-blowing. I'm going to go over it real quick. Are you ready for all the people who think you spend money and you win the winter meetings? Are you ready for this? Yes. Are you ready? Justin Verlander, you ready? Yep. Justin Verlander, $43.3 million. He's missed five of seven starts. Max Scherzer hurt, $43.3 million with a 5.56 ERA. Aaron Judge, $40 million. He's missed 10 of 18 games. His OPS is down 97 points from his career mark. Uh, Cody's favorite, Anthony Rendon, making 38.6. He's missed 10 of 38 games, an OPS of 74 points off his career mark. Mike Trout, 37.1 million. His OPS is 103 points off of his career mark. Corey Seager, 35.5 million. He's missed 25 of 36 games. Steven Strasburg, making 35 million this year, has yet to play. Lindor, 30.5. 34.1 million, OPS down 56 points off his career mark. Carlos Correa, 33.3. He's 186 uh, points off his career OPS mark. Uh, Nolan Arenado, 32.8 million. His OPS is 254 points off his career mark. Manny Machado, 32 million. His OPS is down 134. I mean, I can go on. John Carlo, Miguel Cabrera, wow. Bregman, DeGrom, yeah. Altuve, Harper, Trey Turner, Votto, Yelich. Cano's making third. Robbie Cano is making 24 million. He's not even signed with a team. So once again, and we look at all the top payrolls this year, yeah. not one of them is even sniffing first place. We need to slip that the money that's being sent in baseball and almost wasted in baseball is insane. We never go over this kind of stuff in sports that have a salary cap. That list right there of all the players, and there's more. I could have keep going. There's more. It's insane the amount of money and years or guys. Are, we got a long way to go, but the amount of missed games, the amount of injuries and lack of production for the hundreds of millions of dollars that's being spent is unreal yeah that's a pretty that yeah that does blow me away not much to say after that that's incredible and i'm sure like look and we, we could have this conversation for years but not to this extent not the the list you had that we don't we haven't had that year after year after year like that that that's pretty pretty crazy and some of it's just kind of odd but some of it's just like you know what, what do you got i mean it's it's I don't know. I don't even know what to say about it. Just that's where that's where that's where it's going, right? That's that's look look. Shohei's going to get five hundred and ten million. Let's be honest. Shohei's probably going to get five hundred and ten million for ten or eleven years. That that right? I mean, that's probably what he's going to get. And you know, that's that's what the market bears, right? That's what that's what he's that's that's. What he might be the one guy that's worth it, right? Because the return yeah. on investment, he makes you so much money. Yeah. And I said this the other day. The thing I love most about Shohei Otani, it's not the talent. Like, that's obvious. That's Captain Obvious. The talent is something we've never seen before. It's the fact of how much he loves to compete. Yes. Like, the fact that when they brought him in and they wouldn't let him hit and he could only pitch so often and all that kind of stuff, you kind of looked at and went, 
I mean, it's great, but he doesn't play enough to really do, to give you that max value. Well, now that Otani finally told him, listen, Bozos, I'm playing every day. Yeah. I'm hitting when I pitch. I'm playing every day because that's who he is. I mean, he showed you who he is in the WBC when he wanted that inning against Trout. He wants to compete. He doesn't care about the money. He came over here for not a whole lot of money. He's about competing. He loves the fight. He's got that dog in him. Look, yeah. And I think you throw the great skill on top of that, but I think the greatest thing about Otani is that he's a he's a beast. He wants to be the best. It's a great point. Max Stassi told me a story about the Angels were in Fenway, and there was an extra inning game, and Otani got on base. He steals the, 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 the it's late. In the, it's I don't know. It's twelve thirteenth inning. He steals second base. It's like twelve forty five in the morning, Boston time, right? Twelve forty. He's pitching the next day. It's twelve. He steals second base, wakes up, ho hum, strikes out fourteen. He punches out fourteen batters. And Max is like, this guy's playing little league. This guy is another world. And I think that we're always looking for the next great thing. There's not going to be a next great thing with this guy. He is the greatest. To, to be one of the top three pitchers in baseball, one of the top three hitters in baseball, it's insane. It will never happen again. Let's enjoy what we have and not think about what's the next thing that's going to happen. Enjoy it because you will never see this again. You'll never see it again. Guys have tried to play, you know, you know, you know, go pitch and hit, and they've done, you know, moderately successful. Nothing like this. This is insane what he's doing. Well, it's, it's going to open the door, which will be interesting to see. I mean, it's always tough to say we'll never – Whenever anyone says we'll never see it again, we end up seeing it again. But no, so, but this 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 townie you won't see. Well, this kind of talent, maybe. Gonna, yeah, you, maybe. You won't see. I it. mean, we don't know. Yeah. We don't. I mean, you don't know. But the fact that he is going to open the door for other guys to really do it, to where for so many years that door was never open. I mean, hopefully this changes. But getting back to the fact that he's still in a base at night, pitching the next day, this is what everybody's done growing up. This is what you do loving the game. You wanted to play. And I can go back and look at the numbers. And when you were babying him and he wasn't getting a lot of starts and he wasn't playing every day, the value wasn't there. Now that he plays every day, it's awesome. Now the value is insane. And all you have to do is watch a game that he plays in. And he can be in Kansas City. and, And just to let baseball fans know what we're talking about, if the Angels are in Kansas City and he's at the plate, and you see the backdrop on television is an advertisement in, ja- in Japanese. Well, it's not because the Royals all of a sudden started selling Japanese advertising. It's because a company, an ad firm, has come to the Royals and bought time for them to show the advertising for when he's at the plate. He's And it's happened with us. We did deals with an ad firm to, to have Japanese signage up when, when he's at the plate. Yeah. That's how powerful this guy yeah. is. I mean, they showed when they were there at Yankee Stadium, the Yankees were selling angel jerseys, Shohei Otani angel jerseys in their, in their uh, in, in, I was going to say the media room, in, yeah. in their merchandise yeah. store. Yeah. That's how powerful this guy is a walking return on investment. Yeah, ROI, that's what we say. In the business, ROI, right? But I will say this. With, I don't realize with, you're a businessman, yeah, too. Not really. No, well, with, uh, but you you brought up a good point. You said, look, we all did that, right? We all you know, we all pitched, then we then we hit. But, yeah, we did it in the Little League, or we did it in Pony League, or we did it in high school. But this guy's doing it in the big leagues at, at the highest level. Like, it's just amazing, and, and I, I will – Go, I will I will challenge you on that, Tony. I, I, I can tell you in our lifetime we will not see this again. 
this kind of talent, well, we're just, it's, just, it's not going to come around again. It's just not. So let's enjoy what we have. How can I call you on that? I have nothing but time. Yeah, yeah, you, you, uh, you're, you're a lot younger than me, Tony. You, I can 20 years from now go, hey, go find me Johnny Dosco to prove that I'm right, <laughs> but that won't matter. Do we have Donnie Ecker coming up? Uh, he's supposed to. He's not here yet. They told me 4:30, 4:35. I don't. He's not walking over just yet. Uh, so when he comes, I will give you the, I guess, the signal. It's hard because you know usually you're next to me, so now I just have to, I don't know, text you or wave or say, hey, Donnie's on his way. Yeah. The bench well, coach and know, offensive it, coordinator. It, 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 yeah. If you want to, if you, yeah. Well, I want to know: Are they going to run the football? Uh, what's the strategy on first down? Do, what's their goal line defense the next four days? How do they plan to attack the athletics? Is that the only uh, offense coordinator position in the? I uh, don't think uh, I've yeah. ever heard that unless yeah. like, unless he had that with the Giants and they just carried it over from when he was with the Giants. Yeah. I don't think they did. Yeah. Does he have like the play sheet, the laminated play sheet that's going to be in front of him, and he's going to? Put it over his his microphone to call plays. Does he have? Is it laminated with the uh, the pen or who who was it? Was it Matt? Was it Matt Patricia? They always had the laminated play sheet and he had the the marker. And it's like you can't write on. That. Yeah, you gotta yeah, have you, the you gotta have the pen in your ear and you gotta always be do, do, taking the notes. I uh, tell you what, you know it's scary, guys. The Rangers come in. They've won eight of eleven. They've outscored their opponent seventy-one to forty-three during that span. They're yep. averaging six point three runs per game. This is a team, they lead baseball with a 332 average and a 929 OPS with runners in scoring position. So whatever the offensive coordinator is doing, it's working. It is. It is. And look, Adolis Garcia, remember that big three-homer game he had? Josh Young, of course, incredible. And are we ready for... We're going to have J.J. Blanet yeah. right now, actually. Yeah. All right. See you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, J.J., Cody, one of our uh, our actual hosts is right here on the screen there, but you're going to look at the camera there. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Good to see you, buddy. How you doing? Doing good. Good. Just finished up some BP. Beautiful nice. day. Yeah, gorgeous, yeah. huh? Back in Oakland. Well, well, J.J., the last time I talked to you was when you got traded over, and we were talking about how big – the opportunity coming to Oakland was we saw you at spring training. Uh, they sent you back down. You've now come back up. You're off to a fantastic start. Just tell us what this year has been like getting into a new organization and now starting to blossom with this organization. Yeah, it's been great. You know, I'm just excited for the opportunity given, you know, once I uh, got traded here back in uh, back in what January or uh, a little bit right before spring training. So uh, you know, it's just been it's been a world it's been a whirlwind, but uh, I've embraced it, and uh, you know, this new 
organization, the new uh, the new feel around the club. It's just uh, it's 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 good to have a new beginning. And um, you know, obviously, didn't want to uh, start in AAA, but that's just how the year went. And uh, just kind of took advantage of it and just was where my feet were. And I was just trying to stay in that present moment and just do the best I could wherever I was. You know, yeah, I was gonna say for you, like, what's the difference? coming up this time, a little more comfortable than you, your first time going up. It's all coming at you at 100 miles an hour. What 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 has been the difference for you this this time around coming up, Big Leagues? I'd say just, you know, have some fun, you know, yeah. like like enjoy it. You know, don't put too much pressure on yourself. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs. Try to stay consistent, try to ride that wave, stay humble, and, uh, you know, just, just have fun. You know, trust yourself and, um, you know, just go out there and play. It's the same game. Absolutely. You know, you're going to know this better than us because obviously when you're when you're a high draft pick, there's going to be pressure, right? Everybody's looking at you as the future. When you come over to the A's, the A's didn't draft you. No one's talking about the signing bonus. No one's talking about where you rank as as a prospect. Is all that nice to have that away from you and you're just coming to Oakland as a baseball player? Absolutely. It's just go out, go out and play. You know, you don't have someone – coaching you all the time about your swing if you have a bad game or something like that just hey you know trust whatever it is you that you're going to do own it and uh just go out there and play you know i want to talk about vandy i want to go back to vandy a little bit with coach corbin because i know that between your freshman year your sophomore between your sophomore and your junior year something happened because you you just started dominating you got the confidence he said you that you kind of there was a change in you between sophomore and junior year mm-hmm. where you got this confidence this c factor we call it it was different, and it, mm-hmm. I, I don't, it wasn't necessarily just offensively or defensively mm-hmm. or with your speed, but something happened. Can you take us through that a little bit? Yeah, I think it was just playing, you know, playing a lot. I had a really good Cape Cod League uh, after that sophomore year. I had a really good sophomore season, and I think that's just what it was. It was that confidence and that, uh, you know, the kind of that comfortability around the clubhouse with the guys, you know who you are, and uh, it's just kind of missing, missing less and uh, taking advantage of that opportunity and just kind of, um, you know, just going out and, you know, having that confidence and that aggression yeah. to, uh, you know, to go out and just uh, play. It's so. amazing. The Vandy, we, Townie and I talk about all the Vandy players that are in professional baseball. You guys mm-hmm. have this bond. There's so mm-hmm. many pitchers and players. I mean, what Corbin has done down there mm-hmm. just created this factory. But it's beyond that. Talking to Yaz about it and Kemp mm-hmm. about it, it's there's a, there's a camaraderie with you guys and kind of Vandy for life, if you will, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you do a lot together. Uh, you know, you're going to school together. Uh, you know, working out like you're just you spend so much time, and it just uh, it all it all pays off, and it's just like you all you know come together, and you're just able to go out there and try to win some ball games. That's awesome. Yeah. So you look at your start. What would you say is the big difference for you coming up with the Marlins last year, spring training this year, to where you are now? Just tell us: is it mental? Is it physical? What changes have you made? I'd say it's more mental, you know, it's, it's trying to keep that approach and keep that trust within yourself. Like I said, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have your good games, you're going to have your bad games. And it's just trying to find that uh, consistency in that line, ride that line and, and stack at bats, you know, whether it's a hard line out or just uh, a good quality at bat, trying to try to run with that and take that as a positive. So, you know, compared to last year, uh, you know, I, I was missing a lot of fastballs. I was missing underneath the baseball a lot. So this offseason, I did a lot of uh, work on just trying to hit line drives, you know, trying to stay on top of the baseball. 
I know it's crazy, like not a lot of coaches want guys hitting ground balls, but to me, I wanted to hit like just lower flights and a ground ball was okay with me because if those line drives are, are good in batting practice, they're going to turn into a home run in the game. Hey, Tony, I want to ask him about the, the play in right field because I didn't get a chance to ask you about, you know, you, you try to make that leaping grab, mm -hmm. a fan comes over. What, what was it from your perspective? What did you see? What did you, you, you had a beat on the ball for sure, didn't you? Yeah, so I had a beat on the ball. I, I didn't think it was going to go out. I thought I was going to catch it right there, like right in front of the wall. But, yeah. you know, like, uh, you know, Yankee Stadium's crazy. It can be it can be blown out a little bit. And, and Bader spun it well. So it kind of went another, you know, extra two, three feet. And I just remember kind of getting there and, um, and jumping up, thinking I caught it. And I come down, and I didn't have the ball in my glove. And, yeah. it, and I asked the one of the fans, the fans caught, and there was two guys kind of reaching over. So, uh, yeah, it was just kind of a weird a weird. Was play. I yeah. don't know if you saw this, but Bader, when he came out the next day, pointed at the fans saying, like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for yeah. doing that, right? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. And the bleacher creatures, sometimes they, they've eaten guys alive. You were having a good time with them, playing catch with them, talking to them, just talk about the experience playing in Yankee Stadium. Yeah, you definitely want to get those crowds on your side. So, you know, the, the, the least you can do is, you know, give a give a kid a ball. Uh, obviously looking for the athletics, looking for the green, because I'm sure those guys are getting heckled in Yankee Stadium. So you want to do, you know, your best to support them too because they're supporting you. But, yeah, just, you know, playing catch and, uh, you know, taking the hits when they come. But, you know, it was just, it was just fun, and it's the same game. Well, I just think about we, we talk so much, uh, especially with young players. We're talking about how much you prepare, all the data, all the video. You know, I think the one thing for you, and I think the same thing for Johnny when he's broadcasting, doing a lot of TV now, it's have fun. Yeah. We're supposed to have fun, for God's yeah. sakes. It's a fun game. It's yeah. baseball. It's yeah. fun. We, we all get in our heads and we worry too much. I mean, uh, your, your stroke has looked really quick, especially on the balls inside, mm -hmm. but, you know, with all the, the data and all the stuff of, of, about what you're doing, it just looks like you're having fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 the name of the game. You know, don't don't try to create these expectations and then, you know, try to hit a four-run homer every at-bat. Just go up there, take what they give you, and uh, do your best to kind of uh, win a ball game. We talked about Ryan Noda. We were talking about Noda before. You talk, see him spit on those change-ups that are this far out. Mm -hmm. Do you guys talk about that? How impressed are you with his eye and his game? Yeah, I love watching him hit. Uh, before before maybe just because he gets he gets so many pitches he's, it seems like he's always in a three two counter yeah. and just like the pitchers are throwing the kitchen sink and he gets on base uh, we definitely talk about it that that thing that's one good thing about the offense when I got up here is just guys communicating and how how are guys pitches running that day because it's one thing to watch it on video and and look at all these metrics and all this data. But you just got to go kind of old school with it and be like, what's it look like on that on that given day? You know, yeah. maybe one pitch might not be looking that good. You can eliminate it. And with with Noda, he's one guy to go to. You know, because he's seeing so many pitches. Like, hey, Noda, what, what's it looking like? Hey, you know, you can kind of eliminate that. And and he's just been uh, he's been great on that aspect. Yeah, we joke about it because like yeah. he'll he'll he'll. They'll call him on a pitch that's this, this far out, mm -hmm. a strike, and he's like, look, I know that that was not a strike because I know yeah. the zone as good as the umpires, right? Exactly. Like he, he's got a great, great, great control of the zone, and, and that's just one thing. I mean, that's 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 a huge part of the game. Yeah, no question. You know, we've seen with Mark Kotze, and this happened a lot uh, when you're in the minor leagues or you're in college, Bob Melvin, we always saw different lineups. It was a different lineup every single day. Lately, seeing this lineup of Ruiz, Noda, Rooker, yourself, Langoliers being the top five, just give us your opinion on it and how nice is it showing up to the ballpark, knowing exactly when you're playing and exactly where you're hitting. 
Oh, it's great. You know, it gives you a gives you a good uh, idea of what what's going to be happening. It gives you that sense of comfort, and um, you know, you just uh, the guys that you just you're able to kind of take and give what, what they're going to give you, and and um, you know, it's just it's just good to see that. You know, it, it's give you, it gives you that comfort, and you know, it just makes you go out there and play and and just take advantage of that opportunity. All right, we'll let you go, man. Hey, thanks so much <laughs> for taking the time, man. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yep, JJ Bladay. Or How as, good is that? Uh, as Dallas Braden likes to say, J.J. Bleday, baby. That's what he likes to hey, say. Pat, Thank you hey, so much. Tell him on the way out. Tell him we want to do this a lot for the next few years. Oh, he knows. He knows. Because that, that, to me, when that trade was made, and I know maybe my opinion wasn't very popular, because all of a sudden, A.J. Puck, last year, as we said on the postgame show, I'm going to judge A.J. Puck on one thing. Yeah. Can he stay healthy? Can he keep showing up the next day and not go on the IL? Because that was always the problem. It was like, is this guy going to be a starting pitcher or is he going to be a career rehab guy? Yeah. And he proved last year he could stay healthy in the pen. He's off to a good start with, with the Marlins this year. And I could see where people said, oh, my God, we gave that up. It's like, wait a minute. you got to realize what you what you gave him up for. And it's the potential, and I got wood in front of me. I'm going to knock on it. I'm not going to go crazy. I'm going to say you traded a reliever for a guy that has the potential, and we're really starting to see it now, for an everyday player, a guy who plays every day. Guys who play every day dramatically affect the game more than guys that are relievers or pitch once every five days. Absolutely. It's just the way it works. And if the A's are able to get a guy which who does have star-like potential, size, speed, or he's got it all, that's why he was drafted fourth. You notice the question I asked, how important is it that that's not a part of you anymore? Because when you are a hot-shot prospect, number one pick, that's all everybody talks about. Now you come to Oakland, nobody cares. You're nobody cares. Everybody's the same, and I noticed that too. Even when you don't talk about a Bryce Harper, everybody's the same in the clubhouse. Everybody's the same. It doesn't matter if you're a, a non-drafted free agent or a 52nd-round pick back in the day or the first overall pick. You're all the same. You give each other a hard time. Uh, you're all accountable out there on, on the field and at the plate. And everybody, you're a unit. But one thing that stood out to me, Townie, on that interview is how he said, you know, Noda and I talk about that. We talk about different pitchers. They're communicating. He loved the communication in that in that clubhouse. It all starts at the top with Kotze. And I tell you, they communicate with each other. And, you know, this team is 8-30 and 30 right now. And obviously that's no picnic. But I will say this, that that, that is a tight-knit unit in there. I noticed it on the road in the clubhouse. Noticed it at home in the clubhouse. These guys genuinely like each other. It's not clickish, And that makes a difference. Yeah, the team's not playing well right now. But I'll tell you, there is something to be said for good camaraderie and I think that could lead to some wins for sure yeah um I tell you it, it means more than you think Tony I know it's not it's not just uh well, coach speak you're, you know you're, you're, you're talking about chemistry with guys liking each other and you're eight and 30 is kind of I, I mean what it is is are we finding guys that can get us back to the postseason and there are quite a few guys that are here right now they're, they're not going to be here next year they might not right. even be in here in a week, let alone a couple months. I mean, last year we used 64 players. Did everybody like each other? Yeah, but we used 64 players. Cody, what are we at now? Uh, if Zach Neal appears in a game, it'll be 41. 
And That's kind of my point. I know. Right? Well, I hear. I also I hear Tony say, "Do I see you in an A's uniform in the three or four years?" Close your so, eyes. Right. Close your Close eyes. Close your eyes, see. Johnny. Do you yep. see? I see JJ Blade <laughs> in an A's uniform for like ten years. Right. <laughs> I mean, this. I mean, seriously. They got the fourth overall pick in the draft. They got right. a guy that everybody had him at the top of their draft board. He was one of the top amateur players in the country, and that's what I'm saying. Like. Every single time he did an interview with the Marlins, everybody talked about, oh, yeah, you're the number one prospect. You're this, you're that. Now he comes to Oakland, he could just be an outfielder. He could just yep. be a guy that shows up and plays. He doesn't have that kind of pressure on him. He could just – he can just have – like he said, he's having fun. Yes. No one's asked him about the signing bonus. No, I mean, he could just play. And if the A's end up getting a really good everyday player – for AJ Puck, I, to me, that's a steal of yeah, a deal, and absolutely. we'll root for AJ Puck. Love AJ Puck, but man, I, I still to this day, I love this move. Yeah, I think so too. And he, again, that you just he looks and he looks the part too, right? I mean, he's got the size and he's got the strength and he's got the speed, and you watch him and he looks like a ball player. And he, he, uh, the way he plays defense, his arm, the way his approach at the plate, his power, uh, everything. He just it, it's his fourth overall pick, and for him to come into his own and he, he, we. People at Vandy didn't know he was going to be that. He went through his freshman year, his sophomore year, as I said. Between his sophomore and junior year, he said he played in the Cape, and then he came back and he was on all cylinders firing. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's a, he is a treat to watch, no question about it. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what, what his future holds. And very smart. Make friends with the bleacher creatures. Yeah, yep. Have to. Then the, ba- then the batteries don't come out after you. Right. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, you you talk about guys who played right field, especially at the old Yankee Stadium. Coins being thrown at you, yeah. batteries being thrown at you, and but if you become a guy that they like, they'll protect you. So smart playing catch and throwing balls to kids—that is what we would call a veteran. Was move it right Frank Core that gave hot dogs to the bleacher? Didn't Frank Core come out here and give hot dogs to some of the fans out here, something like that? Frank Core did something when he was with the with the Royals, I thought. He was always a big fan favorite. I know a yeah. lot of our right field fans liked Frank yeah. Gore a lot. Yeah. And good thing Aaron Hicks has to play right field for the Yankees because I'm sure there'd be batteries. He'd be getting batteries every night. Poor guy. Yeah, he's have, he's he, he's off to a tough start after a tough year last year too. So yeah, Aaron Hicks, Boo Birds were out for sure. Yep. But just think about the two guys we were just talking about, and you're asking him about Noda, and and you got guys going to Ryan Noda's a rookie, and you got guys going to him, and what what did JJ say? Look how many pitches he sees. That's why it's like this is why this guy's got to be hitting second to let Ruiz, who by the way, Cody, what do we say? He's on pace for 72 stolen bases. Yeah, on pace for the the AL rookie record is 66, set by Kenny Lofton in 1992. He's not catching the major league record, which is. Vince Coleman, well, well, there was a guy in 1889, but we'll say Vince Coleman had 110. Who was the guy in 1889? Uh, Billy Hamilton for the Kansas City. Hold on, I have the, the team right here. Oh, was he the Cowboys or the? Kansas, yeah, something like Kansas I City. I thought he was Philadelphia. Wasn't he Philadelphia back in the day? It Billy was, Hamilton? It was Kansas City. No, this is 1800s. Kansas City Cowboys in 1889. Where were you in 1889? I was seven. Yeah, I was seven. <laughs> Who were you calling? Wait, were, were you in single A yeah. in, in that time? Yeah, there, I was in high, high desert. High desert, yeah. <laughs> I will say this, Ty. I do want to say this, though. I, I know we, I know we talk about, we talk about, yeah, eight and thirty. Who cares about reporting the club? I will say this. Usually, when a team is eight and thirty, it's divided, right? It's divided. So I will say this. Yes, they're eight and thirty, but I do think there is something to be said for these guys that are getting along 
and and they they're rooting for each other. And they, I'm telling, does does it does it make? They're eight and thirty. I get that, and that's factual. You can't do anything about that. That's what it is. It, it is right. You say it is what it is, which I hate that expression, but it is. And so we're eight and thirty. So that's not. It is what it is. It is what it is. Bill Parcells said it. You are what your record says you are. I understand that. I'm just saying that down the road, when we talk in June and July. In this this record, and the team starts to win some games, it does make a difference. That 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 rapport they have in the clubhouse. But here's the thing, Johnny. That's kind of right and kind of wrong because a lot of the guys that are here may not be here in July. I'm talking about. So that's the thing. It's like it's right. like if if you're gonna sell me on Ruiz, Noda, Rooker, Blade, Langoliers, I'm your Huckleberry. I'm with you 100. percent Right. That all Nick Allen, but look what we saw at the beginning of the year. We didn't see that. And I'm sure all those guys liked each other too. It's like it's like the key right now for for an A's fan is finding out how do you get me from how do you get me not being 8 and 30? And that's by finding the right players. Right, I understand that, that is like the key right now is how do we find the guys who are going to be here for the rest of the year into next year and the next couple of years that truly give us a chance to win. That is what I on the prize, if you know what I mean. I hear you. No, you, obviously. I mean, look, I, I'm not going to say, oh, they have eight, eight and thirty is great because they have great rapport. I'm not saying that. All I'm saying is just as this thing develops, it does make a difference. And Donnie, how you doing? Good to see you. <clears throat> Donnie Ecker joining us here. Donnie, how are you? It's Chris Townsend with the Oakland A's. Good to see you again. Chris, how are you? I'm well. Last time I saw you was at the uh, Santa Clara banquet. <laughs> That's it, man. We had uh, we had good seats. It's nice to uh, nice to be close to you. Yeah, that was that that was really special for you, family, and everything to come back home and be honored. What 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 did that mean to you? You know, obviously you're just with the Giants, but what did it mean to be honored back in essentially back home? I guess it's uh, in simplest terms, it's. <clears throat> Things come full circle, and it's really what it's all about is the community that, you know, had a part in um, teaching me everything that I know, and, and really the community made me. So less about personally being recognized, and I think more about circling back, and then, you know, there's a responsibility now where it's it's to pass it on to the next generation. And, um, you know, part of this is is making them proud and, and you know, hopefully building a career and, and uh, creating value for other people that, that makes the community proud of me as well you know i'll say this i know that uh i've never met you personally but i've met a lot of uh river cap players that knew you and that talked about you and they 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 raved about you uh, mm-hmm. just your communication the way you work with them and uh so it's it's good it's good to meet you but with this this particular team you look at with josh young and some of these younger players they seem to be kind of all working together and kind of all kind of getting better at the same time and it's that's been just my impression of this club is that uh they're all starting to come into their own at the same time. Yeah, you know, I think that's the goal. And um, there's kind of this misunderstanding that when you get to the big leagues, you've arrived where we want to just focus on continuous player development. So, you know, our, our freshmen or our, um, our rookie quarterbacks that are rookies now are uh, doing different things at the line of scrimmage than Marcus Simeon. So it's just about taking players through their journey. Um, but let's also set a standard where we are continuously, you know, pushing the boundaries on, on developing these guys. So there's no sitting back here and just, you know, uh, see ball, hit ball, letting right. them. We got to the play. big leagues, we're fine, right? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just it's time to get better. And, and um, you know, I think that starts with our whole organization, just that mindset from, from Chris Young. So 
we identify those types of people and we set up those types of systems and we do what we do. It's great. You know, when I think about your job title, I mean, we understand bench coach, we understand hitting coach. Take us through, because we all love football. We know what the offensive coordinator does in the National Football League, designs all the plays, and what are we going to run? What is an offensive coordinator like? When that title came to you, what is offensive coordinator? You know, it's really, um, if you think of like a 30,000-square-foot view, um, coordinate the entire system. So what we do from the Dominican through A-ball to AA, AAA, all up to the big league. So. It's really creating a system, and you know the biggest part of the the coordinator side, I think, is um, is the behaviors that we attach to that system. So, what it looks like to lead a meeting in the Dominican, what it looks like to um, build feedback loops for these players to stay on a nice roadmap to Arlington. So, uh, a healthy amount of organization, and then you know building leaders in our hitting department that can run their units and, and kind of take guys through their journey. So, it, it's less about. Um, figuring out if we're going to run the slant or the vertical against, you know, a man-to-man or a, a cover two. But more about thinking about this thing um, almost in a business sense. How do we set up a really healthy system to take guys through their journey and, and get them ready for the big leagues? Well, yeah, your goal line offense this year, I mean, well, you guys in the red zone are incredible. No, but I, I think it's really interesting because what you're doing is it's the same message. It's like you're creating – we talked about it for years with the Dodger way or the Oriole way – it's like you guys are creating your own ranger way. So whether you're an able or you said the Dominican or able or double, you know, coming up the message, what you guys want. Talk about how important that just true structure throughout the organization is that everybody's on the same page. I mean, you said it, you said it perfectly. Um, and it starts above us, right? It's, uh, you know, it's Chris Young's leadership. It is, it's not an option here. So we are going to be aligned um, and we're going to have unity. So when you thin slice that to the offensive group, um, we're just executing on the the leadership above us. So alignment and unity in our offensive system is is no different than anything else we do here. But um, to your point, it's once again, it's it's not even key. It's just there is no other option. So and that those first principles for our personnel are are based off of value creation. So if everything we're going to do is in the best interest of helping these players and the organization create value, then it really takes what it takes. One more for you with, with uh, I want to ask you about about Boach because he you know it took the perfect job for him it's going to take the perfect job for me to come back right and talk to Chris Young and here's a master masterful just every single move he makes he just he just his baseball intelligence is off the charts what have you what have you seen from Boach and I know he's created that calm Mm. in the clubhouse Uh, nobody better at managing a bullpen you know Katsi knows him so well but what if you could just kind of Talk about Boach a little bit and his his presence and what he means to this team. Yeah, it's uh, I'm not an emotional person, but when when people ask me questions about him, I do get a little emotional. Um, just to think of me being in my my mid 30s, if I have a selfish moment here, it's how lucky am I to just work with him and watch him. Yeah. So the resume, the um, the person, it's it's off the charts. Um, and so when you get in the trenches with him day to day. There's an ultra competitor in there. I mean, do not get it twisted for the, the stoicism that he shows. This guy is, um, he's not just sitting back. So he, he wants to win. He wants to win every pitch. He wants to know the game plans. He, he's uh, totally invested. But I, uh, you know, personally, I went out and just bought a notebook. that's just a Bochy notebook. So um, everything he <laughs> says and does, I try to document it. That's and, um, awesome. You know, we're all just very lucky. We're lucky that he wanted to get back in the game. Um, we're fortunate, once again, that, 
you know, Chris Young. I think it uh, means a lot to Boach to have a, a somebody that's been through the fire and, and can see this thing through a player's lens. Um, yeah, Boach, he, he lowers anxiety just naturally. And if you think of one of the, the, to me, one of the biggest influences of playing consistent offense is how people behave around you. So mm-hmm. Boach isn't freaking out when somebody strikes out. He's, he's not throwing a table. Um, he's just very calm and, and very consistent. And then, you know, you see the, the players mimic that. Great. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, that. Yes, that was great. All right. Listen, we. Uh, Donnie, thanks a lot. Thank we you. appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate yeah. you. Thanks. Good seeing you. Appreciate it. Likewise. All right. All right. We, we got CJ right now. What do we get for this? What kind of gifts do we get? CJ Nikowski. What's up, buddy? Love it. The big lefty. The big well, lefty. we always we always love bringing him on A's Cast Live. We he's he's been a good friend of the program for years. Oh. Obviously, a terrific player. Now broadcaster for the Texas Wait, Rangers. Did you hear somebody say terrific player? <laughs> as uh, his show, fantastic what they do. I listen to him. Channel eighty nine on XM driving up. CJ, great to have you on the program again. How are you? I am great. You're so full of it, terrific player. I appreciate it. It was a very oh, nice come introduction. Come on, you got a lot of outs back I in the day. I hung around for a long time. That's about it. Yeah, longevity. You know, you just be talking to Donnie there, right? <laughs> just talking to Donnie there, and 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 knowing Bruce Bochy yeah. like we do, just and you, we can look at twenty-two and fourteen and where the Rangers are. Just just talk about it's different. Like things are different with the Texas Rangers. You've seen the good. You've seen the bad. Just talk about how it's just – it's different in Rangerland. Significantly different. So this is year seven for me, and I was just talking about this with Will Venable. He just got here now as, like, our associate manager. And I say, man, the, the vibe is so considerably different. The big thing is that you come to the ballpark every day and feeling like you have a legitimate chance to win. We, ha- we haven't had that feeling here. There were certain yeah. starters when they were on the mound or maybe there was a matchup that you liked to see. No, we haven't got a good chance today. Every single day, even with Jacob deGrom in the IL right now, Dane Dunning's done such a great job. Uh, filling in so far in his two starts that it's a nice feeling to have. Yeah. We haven't had it here. Again, it's only year seven for me, and obviously this organization has gone through some really high highs at times. And, of course, like everybody else, you're going to have your lows. Uh, but the vibe, and it's, it all starts at the top with Boach, like you mentioned, uh, it's it's a lot different, and it's fun. And uh, I don't feel like I'm working anymore. Yeah, talk about Boach and the, the way – I mean, look, everybody knows the way he manages the bullpen. But it, have you seen it already in the first six weeks, just his the way he's able to maneuver and the way – like he's always thinking ahead. He's so intelligent mm-hmm. – what, what have you seen from him as far as managing the bullpen? Yeah, he's on it. And what's interesting, too, is that part of that also means leaving the starters in probably longer than we're used to. Like, he's not afraid, right? I mean, yeah. you look at what Nate Evaldi's done over his last couple now, and he probably could have had a shot at a second complete game. Wow. But that game had gotten so far out of control, that last ninth inning went long, so they decided to go ahead and take him out. And he's on this you know great streak right now of 20 consecutive without allowing a run. So it starts there with what he does with the starters and making that decision, when to get them out, when to feel comfortable pushing them a little further. And then with the bullpen stuff, yes, you know, we don't really – technically have a true closer here. Mm-hmm. Will Smith has been getting most of those opportunities, yeah. but if he feels like there's a better matchup, he'll just go with it. So I think it is different compared to when he was here with the San Francisco Giants where you kind of had those set roles and you had those arms and it was kind of boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You know, very similar to like Ned Yost had in Kansas City when yeah. they won. It was 7-8-9 and see you later. It's different here, not every night, but a little bit different based on the matchups. But a good example for me was we just got up, we just went Anaheim and then Seattle. We are in Anaheim. Will Smith had a, a tough one, uh, ended up blowing a three-run lead in the 
ninth inning, and the Rangers end up losing in extras. He's right back out there next time he has an opportunity yeah. to close the game out, and he punches out the side. He had two saves in Seattle, and he had five strikeouts, and he was six up, six down. Right. So, and listen, Will Smith's a veteran. I get yeah. it, but he's not going to panic. Yeah. Right. A younger manager like, oh, maybe he's not feeling it. it hasn't looked right. Am I going to try somebody else? It is consistent in the way that he goes about it. It's a joy to watch. It's funny. Talk about he's doing it with a veteran guy, but. Veterans need to have short memories too, right? Yes. So you'll see that with younger players, when, it, especially when you want to make a point to a younger pitcher, right? Get him out there the next day, mm-hmm. right? That's short memory going, right? It's nice to have because, yeah. you, you know, the longer you sit, the more you start to think, yeah. and that's not a good thing uh, yeah. for most pitchers. Most of us are better off not thinking uh, very much. So when you had that rough one, now it's a little different because of the three-batter minimum. Like for some of the lefties, yeah. there was a time certainly during my career where you might come in game one and Jason Giambi hits the ball off the wall and you're like, crap, and you're back out there again the next day. That could, you know, you could have <laughs> those moments where you kind of tiptoe in there a little bit and you had to be careful. Um, he did it the other day with Brock Burke. Uh, he hung a slider to uh, Jared Kellen got away with it, yeah. but he was right back in there to face him a couple days later when it mattered. And so yeah. uh, I think Boach understands that party. He gets it. He's seen He's seen it all, man. No doubt. It really is incredible. It's so fun to watch. No doubt. When you talk about the, the signing of DeGrom, obviously it was a major story, who he is, leaving New York. Uh, we've talked about it with you for years, investing in the offense, now investing in the pitching and bringing it all together. Still, the, the, the ballpark re- is relatively new, unfortunately. Didn't have that great honeymoon mm. because of COVID. But now here you go. But there's always that, oh, my God, how's he going to be? Is he going to get injured? And all of a sudden, boom, he's on the shelf. I just how, how has that been like for Ranger fans where – there's always the fear that he's going to be broken. Yeah, I think it's, it exists to some degree because of what he does is such a high level, right? And it, it's almost impossible to do what he does physically. It doesn't seem like you should be able to pitch at 100 miles an hour consistently. Sure. I mean, he's got that kind of tall, wiry frame, and so you always worry. The slider's unbelievably nasty to go along with it as well. I mean, it, it exists, but at the same time, what Chris Young did so well here was making sure that they had depth, right? Jake Odorizzi was basically starter number six. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's out for the year. Yep. But it's Cole Reagans and it's Dane Dunning who ended up being in the bullpen as long men. And then Dane Dunning, all he does is just jump right out. Incredible. Five shutout in his first start, yep. six and two earnings in the last one. And not to say you don't miss a beat because yeah. it's Jacob DeGrom, right. but they haven't missed a beat yet. So I think that the fact that it's happened, you know what's going to happen. Everyone's going to need some time. You look at all the starters at the top. I mean, John Gray was on the IL last year yep. uh, three times. It was only Martin Perez of the group that made right. all of his starts. Nate Baldi missed some starts uh, last year. And so it's just part of it. Andrew Heaney missed starts last year. So you anticipate that that's the case. I think in a perfect world, if you can get 25 to 28 out of all of them, I think that's, you know, and that one guy in there like Martin is giving yeah. you the 32. That works as long as you have the depth in place. And the Rangers have that right now. You know, now. I will say this, too, about Evaldi, and I've been reading a little bit more about him and diving into it, the fact that he's actually like a second pitching coach with Mike yes. Maddox. Yeah. He's going down to the bullpens. He's dissecting. John Gray says the first time he's ever seen that, mm. first time he's ever kind of taken that advice kind of the meticulous nature of Evaldi kind of helping the other pitchers with their bullpens. Incredible. Yeah, and it's not an automatic, right? There's a lot of great players out there that aren't, you know, it's not because they're bad people. It's just not their thing, right? right? They're not necessarily investing in their teammates as much as a guy like Nate Evaldi is. We saw it in spring training. It's pretty funny. I wasn't there, but they tape all the post-game interviews or all the interviews, so I'm watching one sitting at home, and he was talking about, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Martin or somebody had thrown that day, and they said, oh, did you get a chance to watch Martin? He said, oh, I got to watch the first couple of innings live, but I had to go do something else, so I'm going to go back and watch the rest tonight. 
tonight on video. Like, Incredible. that's how much he cares. Wow. I will tell you, I never did that once. No. <laughs> Not once. 19 years playing this game. I'm like, all right, where are we going to dinner? Do we have time to make a, you know, we got we to stay for five innings. Gosh darn it. I want to get out of here. We're going to play golf. Um, and that's probably why he's as good as he is. That's incredible. Wow. You know, a lot of talk about Bochi, but let's not, you know, Maddox is such a great pitching coach. You know, you always love it when he comes out and he puts the right hand on the guys and the way he communicates and looks at them in the eye. I mean, there's a lot about Bochi, but, I mean, just talk about what, what, what Mike Maddox brings as the pitching coach back to Texas. Yeah, they're very fortunate to have him back here once again, and it's a similar vibe between the two of them. Like, there was this whole calming, experienced coaching group, especially at the very top there with Boach and with Mike Maddox, um, where it does give you that feeling. Exactly how he's trying to make the pitcher feel, I think, is that that's how everybody else feels uh, when he's out there. He's seen it all. And he yeah. was a good pitcher. You know, he gets, of course, you get compared to your brother, but he was yeah. a really good pitcher uh, in his career. So he's got the experience, right? He's got the dirt in his cleats um, from all of that great experience on the field and then what he's done. And he's been here before, and fans are familiar with him as well. And it just it worked out perfectly. They got I think they got pretty lucky that he wanted to kind of come back home and left St. Louis, uh, falling right into the Rangers' lap to go along with Bruce Bochy and um, no regrets. I don't think you could have put a better coaching staff together and two of the most important parts, the guy who's making the decisions and the guy that's helping the pitchers come along. Yeah, I'm intrigued with Josh Young, and I, I've always I've always enjoyed – always, I mean, he's a young player. I, mm-hmm. I just kind of watching his career, watching him come through the minors and watching him play third base. He's, he's not only – I mean, he's improved yes. vastly defensively, right? Because this guy can flat out hit. Yes, yes. So a couple things. One, when we first got here, if they first drafted him, uh, he was a really good hitter. The thing that they were talking about, though, was he didn't pull the ball in the air a lot, which is good. I, I don't mind that. You can teach somebody that. Yeah. He could drive the ball to all fields pretty well. He knew they had that in his back pocket, and it was a matter of teaching him a little bit more to get comfortable. Pull the ball in the air, which we're seeing now with the home runs. I believe he's tied with Outman for yeah. the most home, run, uh, home runs among rookies uh, yeah. with eight right now. But the defense is a good point. I mean, if I'm being honest, I will tell you that when the season started, I had some concerns, Yeah. right? Because thinking about you put together this great pitching staff, we saw it a little bit last year. He's a big guy, Yeah. right? And so it's like, oh, how much is he going to be able to really move over there? He has been incredible over at third base. I think yeah. he surprised everybody. And, you know, you might even have a couple of coaches if you had to say, be honest with me, were you expecting this from him defensively? And I think a couple will tell you they weren't. Um, he's been that good. So that's been really encouraging because I think that was probably, if you were to look at this team on paper before they left Surprise Arizona and said, you know, where are you concerned? Ah, you know, is there a little issue? defensively at third what about the bullpen you know the couple little things you were worried about for the most part have been answered in a positive way you know it's amazing what happens when a player is completely comfortable and I think about our guy Marcus Simeon who we love so much and we think about that transition going to Toronto and doing all the things that he had to deal with there and you know how they were moving around Mm -hmm. like a vagabond team and then all of a sudden he signs with Texas and now he's got to move his young family all the way out to Texas, there was a lot of, and now Marcus is settled. We've talked to him about it. Uh, I haven't seen him on this trip, obviously being an SF, but uh, you're seeing how fast to start. He's off to a monster start. Just talk about that, what you're seeing, and also as a former player with a young family, like yeah. being comfortable is so huge. Yeah, it is. I moved around so much, there was no getting comfortable. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, it was kind of how, how it goes. How many different teams? How many yeah, different yeah. Teams? Uh, eight different teams in the big leagues, like three more in the minor <laughs> awesome. leagues, and then uh, four teams in That's Asia great. and a little time in the Dominican. Yeah, we, yeah, we got to see it all. There you go. Uh, but, no, I would say this, you know, and I, he may have said this to you guys as well, and he was very honest about it. Not only was he going to a new team last year in the Texas Rangers with a huge contract, it was also that short and spring training. Right, and you guys know him well from, of course, this organization, and he's such a nice guy. And when you're a nice guy, sometimes you're, you'll be a little bit of a people pleaser. Like, you want to show out, right? You yeah. just you put on that new uniform, you sign the big contract, you want to show up and get it done. And Corey Seager said the same thing. That short and spring training last year coming out of the lockout, 
didn't give the guys that are, you know, maybe the ones that like to sit back, kind of get a feel for the landscape before they start to get comfortable. Like I, personally, I'm, I could be like that as well, and I get it. And so it, both of them kind of off to a slow start last year, and it took a little while to get them going until he hit that grand slam here. But it wasn't, yeah. wasn't until May until he hit his first home run. Well, this year they have raved about how completely different, different it was. You get Bruce Bochy, you get a full spring training, you bring all these great players in, and the excitement is there. And it was much easier for everybody involved, but especially for Marcus Simeon. He's back to crushing the fastball. He had a home run against Luis Castillo. That was the first home run Castillo was allowed on a 14 fastball this year wow. that he hit up there. I mean, that's how good Castillo has been. He's really good. You know, Seager, that's how good he's been. Seager, look, he had a monster spring he yeah. was a monster spring right and he gets hurt and obviously huge blow to the club mm-hmm. you know uh, ezekiel comes in and yeah. he is raking and by the way josh smith defensively is ridiculous yep. at short so i know i know you sacrifice a little defense with ezekiel but ezekiel durant can you talk about his offense and yeah. what he and, and his defense a little bit too sure so both of those things have been fantastic if you look at just the rangers overall and the production they've gotten from their shortstops when you start a game at short they were third no ps the other day and that's with as much as Corey seager has missed right so that's a credit to ezekiel duran now originally what it was it was josh smith was getting the at bats against righties duran would get him against lefties which wasn't very often yeah and he started having a couple of really good games and both noticed that he loved him in spring training because he had a good spring they just weren't sure how they were going to get him at bats right and once that kind of happened and he took off now it's his job until Corey Seager gets back the next step is and I asked him this the other day I said well what do you do you want I'm sure you want to keep this guy in the lineup he's yeah. like we're going to figure out a way to keep him yeah. in the lineup if it means that he's got to go play left if it means he's got to give Josh Young a day off if he's got to give Nathaniel Lowe a day off which you can platoon not platoon but if you want that tough lefty that's in there perhaps you want to give uh, Duran a start at first with him um, you know, getting the day off in, in Nathaniel Lowe. So he's done it all. He's going to have about, he can, he's gonna have yeah. He can play all over. Right? They're comfortable with yeah. all of it. Now, it's funny because he said, well, he could play second, but we know Marcus never wants a day off. So yeah. he's not going to give Marcus <laughs> Simeon a day off because he doesn't want a day off under right. uh, any circumstances. That's yeah. who he is. He's kind of a modern-day uh, Iron Man by today's standards. So he's been good. And I'll tell you, the defense probably even a little bit better than expected at short. You're right. Josh Smith is an excellent shortstop. And if you're going defense first, he probably would be the guy. Yeah. But but I tell you what, Duran has done a really nice job. Another guy who was surprised uh, which has made that left side of the infield defense, I think, better than anybody thought it was going to be. All right, brother, thanks, man. Yeah, Appreciate my pleasure, it. man. Let's Appreciate go call it, a game. Yeah, let's do it. Good to see you. And don't forget, loud outs every single yep. day. Spilly. Spilly, Brad Lynch, <laughs> yep. your guys' show. Yeah. I listen to it every day on the way up. Sirius XM, I get you on uh, Channel 89. And I tell you, CJ, your guys' show, the players being the host, mm. the perspective. Yeah, it's phenomenal. We've been lucky to yep. have you for all these years. Spilly comes on the show. Uh, your guys' show is second to none. It's awesome. I appreciate yeah. it, brother. Tomorrow yeah. to be me and Jensen Lewis filling it. Billy bailed on us last second because he's big time now. He's doing the Apple game. He's oh, big he's time. Too, he's national. He's Ryan Spielberg. And we did a, you know, you know Spilly and I ended up missing a lot of time because of our schedule. So yeah. we started doing a podcast same by the same name, Loud Out, just so yeah, we can it. kind of get out there and get together a little That's bit awesome. more because we really like each Thank other. Thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. CJ Nikowski. Townie. Back to you, buddy. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow, CJ. Appreciate it. Coming up next, George Contos will join us in studio here in San Francisco. Talk a little pitching and what's going on with the Giants and the Snakes. That's next right here on A's Cast Live. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. We're doing a little bit here as we're doing it uh, a little differently today. It's great to have you on the program. I appreciate you stopping by uh, before you got to do a little uh, snakes and giants. Snakes and giants from the desert. Yeah, it's uh first time we're seeing them and they're, I think, ex- exceeding expectations on, um, you know, the Padres and the catching up right on the Dodgers, but it's going to be a, a great uh, first meeting between the Giants and the, and the D-backs. And I think about the D-backs, we talked about Tori Lovello and his club being exciting. Like last year in the second half, they stole a ton of bases, kind of putting everybody on notice that here we go. This is a young team that's super athletic, and that's kind of what we're seeing. That's exactly what we're seeing. They ran all over the Dodgers the last time yeah. they played them. That's something that the Giants are going to have to contend with today. But we saw all these signs last year. You got young guys who can move, who are super athletic, and and they got a year of experience under the, their belt last year. And they've come out this year and they've really started off hot. Are you surprised at all about how the West has gone so far? Padres, Giants, and here are the Dodgers. <laughs> and all, we weren't kind of sure how good they were going to be. Like, has anything shocked you? Not really. I thought it was going to be a really competitive division the whole time. The Padres kind of not getting off to the start that I think they expected is a little bit surprising. Yeah. Um, I thought the Giants were going to be up there being able to contend if things went right. The Diamondbacks, I thought, were always going to be a good team that was going to make some noise. The Rockies, you kind of thought were going to be at the bottom, but it's a pretty tight-knit division. Anything can happen with a good week for a baseball from a team kind of in the middle of the bottom or, or a rough week from one of the teams at the top. So with the Giants, how are you feeling about the season so far? Would you say excited about it? I mean, where, where, where are you with the Giants? I think your energy that you did just kind of gave it away a little bit. Hey, we're 830, <laughs> so I mean, come on. <laughs> it's one of those things where you, you, you see what they're capable of. You yeah. see when the rotation does what it's supposed to do, which is always a strength of the Giants. You always expect coming into the season that the starting rotation and pitching in general is going to be something that you can rely on. They played a little bit better defense than they did last year, uh, but it's been a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde. You know, they haven't been able to really put it together and make a run that I think and play consistent baseball that I think we've all been expecting. Do they have it in them? That's a good question. I think that it's yet to be seen. I think we've seen the flashes of it. And with the expanded playoffs, if you have a good run, if you have a good couple weeks, anything can happen. You can really make some noise, but they have to put it together and they have to start playing a little bit more consistent baseball because they're not only going to be seeing the teams in their division a little bit less, but they're going to see other teams around the league that they haven't seen. They're going to run into the Rays. They're going to run into the Orioles. They're going to run into teams that they might not normally see who are making some noise in, in baseball this year, and they're going to have to play good baseball to contend with those teams. And we're seeing right out of the gate how that's benefiting the AL East. Instead of them just kicking the crap out of each other, they're now, wait, we get to go feast on these other teams? <laughs> and you're seeing that they're all projected to have big seasons. I mean, the Yankees have fallen back a little bit, but they're all expected to have big win totals. A lot of that is because they're not playing in division. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Carlos, uh, Carlos, my, my partner, Carlos Ramirez, he um, was always saying that you need to beat the teams 
that you're supposed to beat. And that's what those teams are doing. They're, they're running into teams that are not exactly uh, as strong as they'd like to be, and they're feeding on them. And that's when you kind of get intra-division games, and they mean that much more. You know, I think about your career, obviously, sporting the show them the World Series ring. Look how sweet this thing is. See, we're all this is 2012. This is what we're all trying to get. I still don't have one. I we're not getting one this year, but I, I would like to get one. Um, it is so hard right now to predict year to year relievers. Like you get we had yet we had a Domingo Acevedo last year, had 70 appearances, money in the bank, best year of his career. We just DFA'd him. It is so hard. Why do you think that is so hard year to year to predict how relievers are going to be? I just think that the disparity between the top end guys and and everybody else is getting a little bit bigger. And the game has changed a little bit where once you've established yourself and you're a guy, you get a little bit more leash than um, the average guy coming in. And, and I think that the the biggest disparity in baseball has been that marginal player. And I think pitching in general, you pay for the top guys who are going to be your setup and closers. And then I think the kind of overall um, thought process throughout baseball is those guys in between who get you from when the starter comes out to those elite guys are almost interchangeable. And that's when you can almost save a few dollars as, as opposed to spending, you know, three or 4 million on a reliever. You can spend a million and a half or, or bring a young guy up and develop them. And I think that's what we've started to see kind of happen over the past five, seven, eight years is those kind of middle guys who championship teams need. That yeah. was my role. That was what I did. So if I was still playing in today's game, I think my leash would have been significantly shorter. But I was the guy who protected Jeremy Affelt, Sergio Romo, uh, Lopi, Casilla. I was the guy that got the ball to those guys. So if Matt Cain or Bum or whoever it was went five and two thirds, I'd come in and go an inning in a third and get the ball to those guys at the end in the seventh, eighth or ninth inning. And that's was, that was what my role was to start my career. And I was really good at it. And I got a little bit more leeway and leash as my career, my tenure went on. And I started to pitch some of those seventh, eighth and occasional ninth innings. But that role in the middle, the team, the, the role of the guy who's going to bridge the gap or multiple guys who will bridge the gap from the starter. Who's not really going seven innings that often anymore, unless you're the, the workhorse or the pitches are super efficient. It's not as common for guys to be going that deep into the game anymore. That that role is really important for a competitive team that's trying to win. Yeah, we talked about the bridge guy. We need the bridge guy to get to the bridge guy to get us. <laughs> but that's like weird to talk about Bruce Bochy now with a, co a couple of the Rangers people who are back there in Oakland as we're doing the show. And that's the one thing that they're noticing with the Rangers that Bochy allows the starters to go a little deeper. I mean, that's why you guys won. No offense to the offensive guys out there for the San Francisco Giants. You had some terrific players, but you guys won because you had the starters and then you had the bullpen. That's how you won three different, three different world series. That, that, that was, that was, that was the blueprint starters bullpen and it wins in the postseason. Yeah, it does. It's it's one of those things where I, I say it all the time on air now whenever we're talking about anything is Giants baseball is good pitching, good defense, and timely hitting. You know, mm -hmm. all Giants fans know you're playing almost heart attack baseball. You're playing those one-run games. And when the Giants, as a team in general, have a successful season, you're winning those one- or two-run ball games. And when you're not having a good year, you're losing those. or, you're, or, you're, or the, Those games aren't quite going the way that – we're accustomed as Giants fans to seeing them go. Uh, but that was the that was the blueprint. I mean, I remember in spring training one year, um, somebody was asking Javier Lopez, how do you feel about you guys being the slowest average velocity bullpen 
in the big leagues. And this was like in 2015 yeah. after we had just won our third World Series. And he and, you know, Javi can you can get him a little bit snagged and he'll come back with a snide comment. He's like, yeah, well, three rings is good enough. And, you know, you you, you had the guys that you trusted. And, and our, our motto was just, you know, 25 guys, one common goal. And it was it was be selfless, play for the for the group as a whole. And, and the egos were set aside and we were able to go out there and just focus on our job. And if somebody wasn't able to do their job, the next guy would come in and pick that guy up. I mean, you, you see, you know, you, you've seen him, both of them, actually, Sergio Romo, Yusmiro Petit, the guys who had huge impacts on not only one, but multiple, if not all of the Giants' runs. Those guys are not going to come in and just blow 97 by you. They're crafty. They're they have cojones, so to speak. They'll go out there and challenge you, throw strikes, long at bats, and they'll get the upper end of it. That's what made us successful for for that you know era of Giants baseball. And Javi Lopez could go, yeah, I got a fourth one with the Boston <laughs> yeah. Red Sox too. So he's he's got quite a few rings. I'm a little worried by back in my day in pitching, we knew this wasn't come out in the first inning. Give everything, everything you got from the first inning, and hopefully you get through five. We're now pitching to the data. Everybody's they want every whether you're throwing a slider, a sweeper, cutter, whatever pitch, you, everything's max. Everything's max, and it just seems like these human bodies cannot take it right now. I'm worried. It's like every single day, this guy's having Tommy John. This guy, we're now talking scapulas. We're never talking back 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 in my era. We never talked scapulas. I mean, are you worried about pitching and just? It, there's there's more throwing than pitching be it, than ever before, and and guys' bodies can't take it. So when I had Tommy John, which was back in 2009, I was in AAA with the New York Yankees, and I was about to get my first call up, and I ended up finding out, blew my elbow out, had Tommy John, and and the statistic back then was one out of every seven pitchers in the major leagues at some point were going to have Tommy John. Wow. That stat, as of about three years ago, was one in every four pitchers was going to have Tommy John. So what we're seeing, I think, is that guys are just realizing that bigger, faster, stronger, along with the data and the analytics that go with it, with induced vertical break, spin rate, what what number on the clock you are, how throwing a fastball at the top of the zone with 17 inches of induced vertical break promotes a really good over-the-top curveball. They're training guys, you know, drive line, some of these you know, yeah. the, 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 uh, the, the arm ranch or the whatever it is down in Texas, I don't know, but they're, they're training these guys to be bigger, faster, stronger, throw with more intent and teach them how to transfer kinetic energy throughout your body from the ground out your fingertips. They're teaching them how to do it more efficiently. So guys are throwing harder. You have the weighted ball that guys do a driveline to, you know, when I was coming up, all, all I ever knew was your shoulder had to be strong enough to slow your arm down. So the heart, the, the, the stronger your shoulder was and the ability to slow your shoulder down faster was how much you could accelerate your arm to throw harder, which was pretty basic, right? That makes sense. Yeah. However fast you move, you got to be able to slow down. That's when injuries happen. But they're training to be throwing the ball at as hard as they can because the analytics show that you will get away with more mistakes and you'll get more of an opportunity if you have things that the evaluators think are good. So a guy who maybe throws 91 to 93 is not quite as sexy as a guy who's throwing 97, 98 and missing more bats with the higher strikeout rate. But the guy who's 91, 93 is getting outs and he has a 7.9, you know, strikeouts per nine versus a guy who has 12, even though the ERA runner stranded, all of that is better for the guy who just gets the outs. The guy who throws harder will get more of an opportunity because those numbers say that all else being equal, the guy who throws harder and misses more bats will be more effective. 
But I think about the Giants run once again. As you said, you guys weren't all throwing 100 miles an hour, and it led to a lot of World Series titles. I know you got to go. Let's in on this. Uh, getting ready for the Rangers today, 21 and 14. They're in first place. The manager is Bruce Bochy. <laughs> are you shocked that Bruce Bochy has gone in and the Rangers are in first place? I am not shocked at all. I mean, you know, I played for Boch for six years, and and he he along with Brian Sabian and, and everybody else in this organization gave me my shot. And if I was with another organization. I don't know that at my time in the big leagues would have been what it was, but I was here with that guy who I'd have a rough outing. He'd throw me right back out there the next day to make sure my head was right. If I was pitching really well, he'd throw me in some higher leverage situations earlier in my career uh, to get the most out of me. The guy is just a very, very good manager of personalities on top of a fan, uh, just phenomenal baseball mind. He's been doing it for forever. He's loved by everybody. Um, he's got great people around him down there in Texas. And, and I've never heard anybody, teammates or, or other people who have played for him at different times who have not said amazing things about playing for Bruce Bochy and what kind of guy he is. So the guy, the, the fact that he's down there doing what he's doing and in first place, he's I'm sure everybody in that clubhouse is just playing with ease and relaxed and, and doing all the things that you're supposed to do uh, to play good baseball because he allows them and, and, and gives them that leash and that leeway to be themselves. So he, he's a guy that's easy to play for. And it's not surprising at all that he's having the type of success down there that he has. Well, we brag all the time. We're number one in Major League <laughs> Baseball. Nothing bigger than A's Cast Live. We're the number one podcast. When we switch from just streaming audio to video, which now we're running this thing on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, NBC California picks mm -hmm. up all of our stuff all the time. This guy was the first guest that we ever had. <laughs> That's right. A lot of people in there, are you at a giant? <laughs> yes, a former giant World Series champion was our first guest. Quickly, did you ever know you're going to be this good at TV? I did not. You know, it was, it was a very funny story. Devin Fox, who no? who is a huge, huge role in all of this, obviously. I would always do all of the uh, community outreach stuff, for lack of a better word. But if there was a Giants player that needed to do something in the community, I was uh, single and without a family and children and all that for the majority of my um, Giants career. So all the guys who had families and, and other priorities to do, I would always be like, yeah, I'll do this. I'll do that. Blah, blah, blah. I would, I'll do that interview for whatever. And Devin was like, you know, you're pretty good at this stuff. And I enjoy having conversations with people. She's like, when you're done, you're going to come on, you're going to broadcast. And fast forward 11 years, 10 years. And here we are. <laughs> it works. It works. Appreciate the time. Oh, always good to be always you, great stuff. We got more coming up next right here on A's cast live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. A's Cast Live continues from Ricky Henderson Field. Here's Chris Townsend. I put on the wrong headset. All right, there we go. I was wondering what was going on there. Yeah. I had George Contos' headset. Well, I mean, he has great hair. I'm, engineer I'm engineering as, and also hosting right now, Cody. Uh, Contos, by the way, looked great in the suit and the hair. I mean, he looked like a professional. 
I mean, I'm not saying you don't. Your Link Sol Polo, but Series champion. He's a world. Do you see that ring? I did. Yeah, uh, I remember him as a pirate more than anything, but that's okay. I gotta say, this was our maiden voyage doing this, and it's worked out great. Uh, I agree. Uh, I thought we did a. I mean, you and Johnny did a great job, and then now, and then you and Contos were there. And I thought this is going to be great. I mean, we're not going to do this that much, but I know it. But just think about it. Think about what we're able to do when we're in multiple locations with multiple guests. Because, like, let's face it, around here at NBC, you've got Rich Aurelia, you've got uh, Sean Estes, you got George Contos. I mean, walking around, I mean, I mean, I can, he's not here today, but I saw him walking around the last time I was here, and you know, I used to interview him all the time, we're on 95.7, was Chris Mullen. We can have Chris Mullen on. Oh, well, Molly's doing TV for the Warriors. Right? Game I mean, there's tomorrow. always, there's always somebody here, and it's cool, like, to have someone, have, still have the people come down, be there on the field, and then have me here. I mean, this was pretty cool. Yep. I had no... I'll be honest with you, I had no idea how it was going to work, and I think it's worked out pretty good. And, uh, you know me, I never panic about anything, so I wasn't worried at all that, that we were going to have any issues. No, you are a beacon of sunshine and confidence. Uh, I mean, I, I, it went over well, and we're going to be doing this again in a few weeks, um, you know, whenever I get to go back home and see my family, and we'll be able to do this more in Pittsburgh. Hopefully we can bring Derek Shelton in the room with us and – you know, some guys from Pitt. So it's going to be great knowing that we can do this from multiple locations. Well, the uh, big question is, are you going to be able to do it from PNC Park? Oh, I'll take care of that. I got some connections at, at that old ballpark. Plus, all I have to do is ask, you know, our boss, DA or Ray, to get me a booth and we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, that. You tell me a lot of people are beating on the door, CA's Pirates in June? I mean, you talk about a backdrop. Uh, that's not a bad bet. If there's a. You would probably say if you're talking, yeah, obviously Giants, Pirates, probably we, you can debate which one's better. Those are got to be two the two best backdrops in baseball. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, my my idea for that actually was to be where no offense know, to Mount Davis, <laughs> where like how you're using your the camera you're using, I would have the iPad like I'm using right now on the field face yeah. PNC, and we can go back and forth instead of it always being on me. We can put it on. You know what's going on outside of Pittsburgh? Cause you got the rivers right there, the Roberto Clemente Bridge, the city skyline. It's gonna be great. To, hopefully, the weather's nice because you know summer it rains a lot there. So we'll see. This is the background I want in my studio at my house, where people know normally see us. I the one at my house doesn't have Oakland. It's just the field. Yeah. This one says Oakland. Yeah, the one at your house has the Ricky Henderson field at the bottom, but that's it. it doesn't say Oakland. And it just shows Mount. Yeah, Davis like you and- can't even tell. Like with Oakland, you can kind of tell what it is. I wonder if sometimes. At my house, people are wondering, like, what is that behind them? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, if you weren't a fan of the A's or knew anything about Oakland, you would be like, what, what is their backdrop? Yeah, you would be like, what? Like, how do they know what Mount Davis is? Yeah. See, with this, the fact that it says Oakland, it, you, like, know, like, oh, okay, that's the Coliseum. Yeah. Because well, like you said, like you just said, we interview a ton of people that are from out of town. They have no clue. Yeah, I mean, even when we have people come here, like CJ's, I mean, CJ's been on before, but, like, Donnie Ecker, that's the first time he's been on. He doesn't want to listen. J.J. Bladé has done one video interview with us. Now he's done it in person, and he's going to be in front of the program, I think, for years to come, so that's great. But we're going to – Years. Gonna, I mean years to come. I mean, no one's going to replace Liam because it's, it's kind of hard. I and mean, the guy just literally came over. He he told me to turn him on. There's another other way around. So uh, Liam pitching in rehab, that's great. It's a great – by the way, it's a great story that he's going to be back soon. Uh, I'm so happy for him that he, 
the White Sox need an uplifting story, and he's a great story right now. But um, tomorrow we're going to have a great backdrop, backdrop of the treehouse. That's where we're going to be at tomorrow for happy hour. Of, uh, for yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I like how when you click on, if you're just listening to the program, you know how much we love you. But if you watch the program on all the different platforms, I like how you click on and it can be the Coliseum. It can be from my home studio. It can be from here, NBC in San Francisco. It can be in the treehouse. It's like we're, we're constantly. The you know, press so box, like last time. Yeah, well, that's that's rain. We don't like that. But most shows you see the same damn thing, the same damn studio every single show. It's the same thing. I like how we got variety. We keep you guessing. Yeah, for sure. Maybe we just start doing it from like undisclosed locations where we just have like a couple of A's bobbleheads or something. People are like, and we put like, guess where we are. I've never thought about it, but maybe uh, in the past we've said, ah, it's just a pain. Maybe we should really effort to try and do it from San Francisco. Uh, I don't think it'd be an issue. That's a question for, like I said, I can ask. About what do they call that? What do they call that park now? What phone company? What yeah. are they now? Uh, it's now Oracle. Uh, I think we could by because. Way, it, by, by the way, is all the Giants people are because they're getting ready here at NBC. It's all the Giants people. Uh, I, I think be very careful. I think we could. I think we could ask. For, hopefully, we can ask for a booth because last time we did it from San Francisco is when we just did audio. And it was you and I in the radio booth with Ken Michael Baird again. I'm yeah. not doing that. And I think as I, much as Michael J. Baird is, Michael J. Baird is a genius. I've spent many a time, even Japan, with the great Michael Baird. Uh, even though he's a 49er great, also I will not be with a slash 49er slash Warrior great Michael Baird in the back of that press box ever again. That's awful. He hates it. I mean, we're just staring at his butt the whole time. Yeah, well, the only nice thing about that is we got to have Farhan in there with us. Remember, because Farhan came over and talked with us. This show was very good. Donnie Ecker, C.J. Nikowski, J.J. Blade, George Contos. Well done, my friend. You did it. You did it extremely. And you know what? You were so cool and calm. No problem. I appreciate that. I actually was. Once I, once I saw you come on and you had volume and you heard me, I was like, we're good. No issues now. Not gonna lie, I was a little worried to make sure contest. possibly could go wrong. I know. I was just making sure. The, the only thing that could go wrong is the internet went down. And knock on wood, it, 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 it stood by and we were good. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have Marcotze, which we always do on Friday. Uh, we're going to have. Oh, I text, oh, but just to let you know, I texted him. Um, he'll be there. He's pretty consistent. Um, Dallas Braden's going to come to the treehouse and we're going to have. Uh, Brent Rooker, MLB Network star. Um, I think you and him should be like Dero. Bring a bat with you so you guys can talk, go over a swing in the treehouse like he did with Dero. What the hell am I going to swing? I, don't, I mean, Golf swing. I'll go over <laughs> his golf swing. I don't think I can help with his. I haven't, I haven't swung. I, I, and by the way, I, I would never, ever want to like really. Because what happens if things go bad after that? Oh, yeah. Don't be that guy. Yeah, do you want to be the you you want to be like the hey you go on with that guy never again do you hit or pitch? Oh, you wait, you want to be you don't want to be George Costanza on that episode where he's teaching Danny Tarnable how to swing the bat and all that stuff. The great Danny Tar- <laughs> Royals legend Danny Tarnable. And they all go through a hitting slump, and then he, remember when he tells Buck Showalter, "Hey, you should probably switch to cotton." <laughs> all righty, great show today. Uh, hopefully, the Athletics can get a win tonight. Johnny will have a will have the total access for you, and then after the game, 
Uh, Johnny will be there for the Ace Clubhouse show, and I will join him mid-show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching A's Cast Live. We'll see everybody tomorrow right here at 4 o'clock. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.